an opportunity not to be missed again. You're listening to the Planning, Environment and Property podcast, brought to you by the members of 39 Essex Chambers. I'm John Pugh-Smith, Planning Barrister, Mediator and Facilitator. And it's in all three of these roles that I'm providing this episode, having been at the forefront of initiatives to introduce greater flexibility in the outworking planning system. Now, at the recent virtual Conservative Party conference, um, it will be recalled that the Prime Minister declared that the current planning system was sclerotic. Now, as a headline grabber, it was typically Boris speak. And uh, while I did not immediately reach for my virtual Oxford English Dictionary, I did turn to Google, which reminded me that this adjective means becoming rigid and unresponsive losing the ability to adapt. And whilst one might think that that could be an accusation levelled at uh, the department in question, uh, what we do know is that it was the justification for Boris's assertion that the current system needs to be comprehensively reordered through the white paper's outworkings. And that's perhaps for another episode um, in this podcast series. But what I would like to do today is to address what can be done now and without requiring legislative change, though I will touch upon what is now underway in Scotland, through the use of mediation and its associated techniques. Now, despite early encouragement and the publication of guides on mediation, to do with planning, indeed a government-sponsored report, the Kuhn Pretty Review, a working party set up by the planning inspectorate uh, as well with the National Planning Forum, it was hoped that uh, even with the introduction of Section 106 brokers, an initiative uh, by the then Secretary of State, um, Eric Pickles, that somehow uh, the uh, more adversarial aspects of certain aspects of the planning process, particularly the negotiation of Section 106 planning obligations, could be dealt with in this way. And yet this has not happened. And whilst we have seen uh, in the court system, including in the upper tribunal on land compensation claims, the active encouragement of uh, ADR, and indeed the staying of proceedings and cost sanctions where parties have declined without good reason to pursue that route, yet within the planning system, we remain as entrenched as ever. So what can be done? Well, despite the last major planning reforms of 2011, when it was envisaged that uh, they would try and take some of the us and them character out of the system, sadly, we have a complex system that is even now more complicated with a whole new level of plan making through neighbourhood plans, and yet still little ability or encouragement to achieve consensus and rapport building. So it's unsurprising that the polarised positions remain with little real opportunities for uh, decent conversations to take place whilst the incentives aren't there. And whilst it's uh, the intention of this planning white paper to promote greater pragmatism, it seems to me that without a comprehensive statement of the benefits and use of alternative dispute resolution techniques and through a ministerial statement, the necessary positive lead will not take place. So 
The starting point, in my view, is some modest additional wording to the planning practice guidance covering the use of ADR. For example, a refusal to permit or engage with facilitated negotiations of planning obligations and or their variation could be specifically cited as an example of unreasonable behaviour in relation to appeal costs. It used to be in the circular to do with Section 106 obligations. It used to be something that was touched upon in the previous cost circular. But for some reason, the PPG is silent on that as an obvious example. Likewise, a new paragraph or additional section could be usefully added, advocating di the different forms of ADR as a further response to the question, can local planning authorities draw on other resources and expertise in considering planning obligations? Indeed, uh, I venture to suggest that the white paper's outworkings could be heralded by the inclusion of wordings such as, the use of ADR, including mediation, can provide a less formal and more cost-effective method of resolving disputes, and the government strongly encourages its use in appropriate cases. Then there's the, the question of how the development industry is going to manage the outworkings of the current pandemic. We know that certainly there are a number of planning permissions linked with planning obligations that are going to require amendment and indeed fresh planning obligations that are going to have to be negotiated. And again, that is an area where ADR techniques could be used to ensure that those outworkings are fair and also achievable. Now, these enhanced ADR services could be administered by either or both the RICS and the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators through their dispute appointment panel services. As with uh, other aspects of uh, commercial mediation, both parties could share the costs, and indeed, uh, if needs be, one party could underwrite the cost, and certainly that was the case with the Section 106 brokering scheme. So, looking to the future, how could legislation embrace the use of ADR? Holyrood has done that through the Planning Scotland Act 2019, which by Section 40 now includes a specific provision promoting uh, the use of mediation through a fresh section in the 1997 Town and Country Planning Scotland Act. In that way, the planning system could more closely follow the approach taken by the courts and tribunal services, including the Lands Chamber, in terms of ensuring that at the heart of the system is the ability to have constructive discussions. So in conclusion, without such constructive support and formalised articulation, the beneficial use of ADR will be another lost opportunity, not just for this government, but also future governments, if they are desiring a lasting beneficial change to the planning system. Thanks for listening. At 39 Essex Chambers, we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors. You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com, where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars.